Welcome to What's Working in Washington. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Today, how an entrepreneur investor spots a winner. As an investor, I'm just basically pretending that I can do a better job than I think the average investor who's just coming at it from a business or financial point of view. In other words, I think I can pick better technologies. I think I can pick better teams. And I think I can do a quicker job of, of making those assessments. The greater Washington region is a hotbed for cybersecurity entrepreneurship. So says our next guest, Ron Gula, founder of Gula Tech Adventures. Ron, thanks for joining us today. Hey, thanks for chatting. Well, you are uh, emblematic of a big trend, which is taking the opportunity to take the advantages of the region and grow cyber product and service companies and exiting them. What's, what's your biggest reason for why this is a great place to be a cyber entrepreneur? We have an awesome natural resource around here. And when I say here, I'm talking Washington, D.C., Virginia, Maryland. And that resource is all the people in our armed services, the intelligence community, the governments, the telecommunications agencies and universities who've been doing cybersecurity for the past 20, 30 years. I mean, it was invented here. Uh, it's done here. And what I'm trying to help people do now is turn some of that know-how into product technology solutions. One of the things that I'm finding very interesting, having just spent a number of months look at this, is out of the almost 1,000 cybersecurity businesses that uh, I and my team were able to identify, only 40 of them between Baltimore and Roanoke, actually Blacksburg, are product companies. So what's the difference between a product and a service company from your perspective? Well, one of the big differences is that you're going to use some sort of technology. Let's talk about software to do, some, to do something for you, to do automation, to do different things like vulnerability scanning, intrusion detection, malware analysis, things like that. And when it comes to services, there's a lot of customization and uh, different types of work that needs to be done for the whole you know, apparatus of the US government intelligence community uh, that's around here. And it's not that products are good and services are bad, it's that the business models are really, really unique. If you're in the federal government and you need you know, 100 people to run uh, an IT help desk for maybe a 100,000 person organization, you can't put that in technology. Now, those people can go out and buy technology companies, but the know-how around here in around the Beltway, so to speak, has been focused on servicing those service companies and not creating technology. And I'm trying to change that. You're trying to change that. You've had the experience of being an entrepreneur or CEO and growing companies isn't it a bit strange to suddenly turn uh, your career around and become an investor? It's not strange at all. Uh, you know, any CEO who's been successful knows that it's about delegation and it's about getting advice and making tough decisions. As an investor, it's the same risk reward balance instead of, you, but you're just not in that seat anymore. You're, you might be helping them with raising some capital, putting your own capital in there, trying to give them the best advice you can you can do. But what you're really trying to do is give the people you're working with and investing in confidence to make the right decisions. It's the same thing as a CEO. When I helped uh, Tenable you know, get started and launch different types of products, you're trying to enable your teams. It's, it's really, really the same motion. When you say it's the same motion, it's interesting to me. I have had other entrepreneurs say to me that investors are actually awful to work with. You know, there's a story just last week, you know, New York Times talking about the Snap IPO, which is in consumer talking about how dysfunctional the relationship was between the founder and the investor to the point that they created a, plus, a special class of stock to allow the founder to always control the company. So there are many horror stories about investors and entrepreneurs not getting along. Why is it and how is it that you think that uh, your approach or the approach of, of operators is so different in that regard? 
Well, it's interesting. I think everybody understands the concept of a player, a player coach, right? Somebody who's played football, they can probably coach a football team. That doesn't necessarily, you know, hold hold true. Um, but for me personally, I've been in this space for a long time. I've seen a lot of different technologies tried. I've had a lot of very smart people come before me that I've I've, I've learned from. And as a as an investor, I'm just basically pretending that I can do a better job than I think the average investor who's just coming at it from a f business or financial point of view. In other words, I think I can pick better technologies. I think I can pick better teams. And I think I can do a quicker job of, of making those assessments than a traditional investor who's going to do things from more of an MBA point, point of view. I'm not saying that that's the right or wrong way of doing things. I'm just saying that's why I wanted to get into this, especially around here in the mid-Atlantic region where we don't have billion dollar funds, you know, sort of tripping over each other, trying to fund and competing for the next uh, the next great idea. Yeah, the largest funds we have in the region actually spend most of their money outside the region. Absolutely. And, you know, what we're trying to do is just recognize the fact that this area here is not just services. It's a lot of technology. There's a good history of companies around here. You had Sourcefire had a successful exit to Cisco. Tenable obviously is doing doing really good. But, you know, behind them, I didn't see the next, you know, 10 tenables, right? We've got great companies like Zero Fox. We've got great, uh, you know, communications companies like CoolSpan and things like that. But the point is, where's, you know, if we were having this conversation in San Francisco, we'd be tripping over our, ourselves just naming, you know, one company after another. So trying to get that culture of people who've had exits, helping getting that uh, economy going where we can get the feedback with perhaps angel investing, perhaps professional investing, we're really hoping to kind of turn that around. Do you see this as just being um, narrow around cybersecurity, or could it be broader to include things like machine learning and precision medicine and other software-related things? I, as a potential investor, looking at a cybersecurity software and technology play is very similar to a machine learning, big data analytics play. When you get out of that, though, and you start getting into other spaces, such as automotive security, drones, biopharma, you know, different things like that, you know, Maryland in this area has got a great track record for biotech. I don't see a lot of crossover with uh, with 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 those kind of things, though. Mm -hmm. um, so machine learning, big data analytics, that type of of, uh, of platform development, very similar to cyber. Seen a lot of funds focus on both of those things. I, I try to think if you get beyond that, though, you're getting out of what your core competency really is. You also have things with this area being so close to the intelligence community and you know things like the DEA. You'll see a lot of companies and technologies that. Maybe there are commercial applications for their technology, but they're really intelligence applications looking for commercial opportunities. So one of the things that uh, I cracked me up is the first time you and I talked about your new investment activities, I thought I, I misheard you. You said it was tech adventures, and I thought, nah, nah, it must be ventures. But you really mean adventures. Sounds kind of tongue-in-cheek to me, but what what's in your head when you decide to name yourself in this atypical way? So actually, I'm working at this. My uh, my partner is my wife, Cindy Gula, and she was actually involved in both of the cyber companies that we had uh, done. So she can kind of came up with that, and it's an adventure when you start a company and you have this journey of where you're going. I, I, you know, I wish everybody just basically had the business plan right from day one and knew exactly where they were going to be ten years from. Right? No, nobody does that, right? It's all about opportunity and making tough decisions. It's an adventure. And we're happy to kind of put our name on it to help people, you know, go on those adventures. 
And uh, we, we encourage people to take those adventures as well. Great words. And a reminder that if you're looking for an investor partner, there's no substitute for both experience, but also, let's face, a little bit of a sense of humor and support. Ron Gula, founder of Gula Tech Ventures. You definitely want to be following what he's up to. He's an important part of growing this local ecosystem for the next generation of cybersecurity companies. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for the kind words. If you have an idea for something that we should shine a spotlight on, don't forget to reach out to us at, at What's Working DC. And don't forget to tell your friends you can always find our podcasts on iTunes. I'm Jonathan Aberman. Goodbye.